Hello, everybody. Thank you again for continuing to spread the word about the podcast. Um, Thank you for sharing it with your friends. And also, thank you for sending suggestions of who to interview. I'm definitely taking those under advisement. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to create some social media specifically for the podcast so that um, we can kind of discuss things there. And so with that said, I would like to play the interview that I conducted with um, a good friend of mine who I've known for a long time, um, one Stephen Edgerton, who is a current member of the U.S. Army Band. He marched for two HBCUs, and I was really interested in learning his perspective as to how his military experience, well, I'm sorry, his HBCU band experience trained him for the military. So he has a very unique story. And I do also want to add that at the time of me recording this, I mean, literally just minutes ago, I found out that the band director, that Stephen refers to his high school band director passed away. So um, his name was Mr. Edgerton. I don't think he's related to to Stephen Edgerton, but um, I just wanted to, you know, give my condolences to him because, you know, um, Stephen was just mentioning him. So, um, yeah. So without further ado, here is my interview. Stephen Edgerton from North Carolina Central University, who is you're currently in the Army Band. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that you were able to do this with me because first of all, I wanted to I was glad to just, you know, talk to you. And then also I think you have a unique journey being that, you know, you went to you went to two HBCUs, right? Right. I did. Winston Salem State and uh North Carolina Central. hmm mm-hmm. And then you, you know, transitioned that to a military career. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. So let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about your hometown and how you, you know, how you got into playing your tuba, because that's your main instrument. So tell me <laughs> about that. Right. Um well I'm originally from uh Durham, North Carolina. Uh, born and raised. Uh, uh, I started tuba in high school. Actually, uh, my first instrument was actually, well, my very first instrument was actually violin. But uh, as far as band-wise, uh, my first instrument was uh, euphonium. Uh, you know, in North Carolina, we started seventh grade and uh, seventh grade band. I know a lot of other schools kind of start maybe earlier, but uh, Rogers Her, which is in North Carolina, I started in, in euphonium, and actually. I chose that because it was the one instrument that nobody else raised their hand to play. <laughs> you know, Why so, did nobody want the tuba? What was it? What was I, it? I'm I know, sorry, right? Euphonium, well, right? You know, well, I, we didn't really have a tuba then, or maybe, you know, everybody was just so locked on all these other instruments. You know, you got your saxophone lovers, you know, the drum, mm-hmm. you know, drum lovers, stuff like that. So nobody was really, I guess, uh, looking for the tuba back that early. But uh, I got to high school and uh, Mr. Edgerton, the, the legendary Clark. <laughs> and, but um, uh, he was like, uh, I think I want you to play tuba. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, and, and part of, I think part of that was because I was the only freshman. I was one freshman and there was like five or six singers. So uh, one, he knew kind of my musical ability of, of uh, picking it up. And, you know, and he would have somebody, you know, with longevity, you know, to help out with the, the other people that, that learned. So that's kind of how I started. And, uh, you know, I fell in love from there. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. So in high school, you played for four years and you, mm-hmm. and your high school, who was, what was your high school? 
Hillside. Yeah. Hillside. Hillside and Durham. Hillside for a long time in Durham was, you know, I mean, it it was like kind of one of the illustrious bands. Like Mr. Edgerton uh, was definitely uh, a legend. Not, I mean, not just in Durham, but if, um, you know, in history, he was like one of the first black. Uh, high school directors in like you know the National Band Directors Association. You know uh, he was. Yeah, I mean he was a who's who of high school band directors. You know, so you know growing up in Durham. You know, honestly, at sometimes at some point, you know, you were more excited about Hillside than like any other school. Mm -hmm. And then you know back in the day, it was kind of either Hillside or Durham High, and Durham High uh, has changed the name ever since. But I mean, you grew up learning you know knowing about hillside you mm -hmm. know from parades or whatever so i mean they were a unique it was a unique band that mixed between core style and show you know and show style it was one you know it was one of those that could kind of do both and you know they won you know over you know 14 15 superiors you know at least in history uh in you know back in my day and uh i mean we were in the inkwell movie you know if uh, some people are familiar with that, uh, they've been on the Oprah show, you know, I mean, it just has a very rich history, you know, a rich background. I didn't realize that Hillside was in the Inkwell. I love that. Oh, movie. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was there and, uh, oh, man, uh, we shot that from like, it was like six to six, you know, mm -hmm. and it was it was a very good experience. And, uh, you know, one of the great things is my brother, of course, you know, uh, my brother, mm -hmm. David Edgerton Jr., who was a very prominent uh, arranger for A&T uh, back in the 90s. Yeah, uh, and I'm with him, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had written a song that we played uh, on the set. And to, you know, they weren't uh, going to use the song. You know, they were going to use, you know, whatever uh, movie music that they had chosen. But, you know, they had to pay him for the rights to buy it, you know, to kind of buy the rights to it you know, in order to use their own music, which was kind of cool. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was kind of a cool thing. But yeah. Good. So, you know, you graduate from high school and then you go to Winston-Salem State. Now, before we even go there, like what, what made you choose Winston-Salem State as, as a school? Uh, you know, I really have a funny story uh, about that. <laughs> Actually, a lot of my instances with um, HBCU, uh, as far as band concerned, is you know, it's pretty intricate stories. I actually didn't think I was going to college. And, uh, you know, my, when I tell my story, a lot of my friends or people, you know, are kind of shocked about that. But I didn't think, honestly, I didn't think I was going to school. You know, I was I was a pretty decent student, you know, so I wasn't an A student, but, you know, I did okay. And uh, I was just like, you know, well, I guess I at least just graduate and, uh, you know, get a regular job or whatever. But the funny thing is, uh, Dr. Barney Smart, uh, rest in peace, mm -hmm. you know, the great director for Hampton. He, yep. he came to Hillside one day and uh, Mr. Edgerton came and got me out of class. And I, you know, I was sitting there like, man, what do you want? You know, I, you mm -hmm. know, I already kind of, you know, I already had kind of a self-defeat, you know, pretty much, you know, kind of uh, my mom made up that, you know, but I went in and he's like, I want you to play for this uh, band director. You know, I didn't know who he was, you know, because I want you to play, you know, for this band director, uh, you know, kind of audition. And I'm sitting there like, audition, like, I'm not going to school, you know, I'm not going to make it, you know, so I went in and I auditioned for him and uh, he was really impressed, which, I mean, I don't know, I guess it shocked me. You know, mm -hmm. you can be a great performer, you can be a great musician, you can be great to other people, but depending on how you look at yourself, you know, that's kind of the difference, you know, and I just, you know, I thought I was all right, but uh, 
he got me accepted pretty quickly. And he, you know, he was like, yeah, um, I would really like to have you. You know what I'm saying? I would really like you to, you know, consider Hampton, you know, as as an opportunity, a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of in shock. I'm like, you know, all right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to school. But that kind of led to me kind of auditioning for some other uh, directors. And, you know, this interest kind of started building. You know, not that I'm anybody important, but, you mm-hmm. know, at the same time, this interest started building in me. You know, there was, you know, and I'm like, you know, I kind of went to my mom's like, you know, what do you think? You know, she was like, well, you know, try this far, you know, just see how far you can get if you just try. So uh, over time, uh, it came down to, uh, it came down to the last week and my best friend Brian was going to Winston-Salem State. <laughs> oh, God. And I went to a, a summer camp there. I went to a summer music camp there. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. You know, the people are pretty cool, you know, so like literally about the week before school started. <laughs> wow. My mom's like, all right, we're going to pack your stuff up. We're going to drive to Winston. If everything the director's talking about is okay, I'm going to leave you. Mm-hmm. If not, you're coming back, you know, get a job, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I got to Winston and, you know, everything was legit. The band director, you know, uh, kind of took care of everything. And, uh, you know, I was left and that's where I was. Wow. So I'm learning this new stuff about you now because, well, I knew that you went to Winston at first, but I never would have taken you as a guy that was like, oh, well, I don't think I'm going to go to college. Like, I I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of people because, you know, you know, I was kind of one of those that, uh, you know, in high school, you know, that, you know, I could just pick up something and play, you know, you know, but like I said, it all kind of comes down to how you see yourself, you know, and, uh, you know, that's really it. But, you know, once that interest starts, you know, and my brother, you know, my brother kind of talked to me. He was like, man, you should mm-hmm. go for it. You know, I was like, well, maybe I do got something to offer. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Okay. So you were at Winston-Salem State for your first year. Yeah. And, um, it's funny because like that first uh, first game of the season, well, one of the first, because um, we're the same year. And so we right, right. Auntie and Winston played each other. And I remember that. That was actually. Listen. That was that was my 18th birthday. That's why I will never forget that. That was wow. My and so you know, <laughs> you know, so like, and, I and, know. And then fast forward to you know some years later, yeah. you and I get to meet, and it kind of like, oh wow, we were playing against each other. I didn't realize that. So yeah, <laughs> so, that game was really significant to me. Uh, it, it was it was a really significant point in my life because at that time my brother was still marching. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, of course, you know, you growing up being a little brother, you know, and, you know, my brother's a trailblazer. You yes. know, I mean, everybody knows that, you know, my, you know, he's, you know, work ethic, everything, you know, and I kind of grew up as like little Dave, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, in school or whatever. But that was like the first time that we were on a level playing field. Right. You know, I got a band uniform, you know, I'm saying he got a band uniform over. That's like one of the first times in my life that. I'm, I'm like, I'm looking eye to eye to him, mm-hmm. you know. Did your mom go to that game? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I bet and it was so, hard for her. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it's got a hard, you know, <laughs> you know, just trying to find some middle ground. I really want to say she was on, I really want to say she was on a side. Uh, I, I kind of want to, I kind of want to say that I remember. But of course, after that, most often she was on central side because she kind of it kind of leaned tipped over towards central because she was uh you know she went to central 
Mm -hmm. So excuse me, I'm not so right. You know, okay, maybe fit the scale. Okay, so let's let's go to your your time at at Winston. So because okay. I know we've got to we've got to go to when you transfer to Central and then you right. become drum major and I don't want right. to spoil it all. But um, okay. so your first year at Winston, like what was that like for you? And you know you can talk about it as far as band or your studies or like just how was it that first year? I mean, I was like a big ball of energy <laughs> <laughs> because you know like I said it was so exciting. It's like wow i made it you know what i'm saying like like wow you know i, I made it in the school you know uh you know i got a scholarship you know uh and it was it was such an exciting you know it was an exciting experience and you know and, and band wise it was definitely definitely a new experience you know especially the time that we came in and uh some of the some of the methods of practice and some of the methods of bonding <laughs> that, <laughs> Okay, that were utilized at the time. Hands on that one. <laughs> so, so you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> but what happened is, uh, they actually made me uh, the freshman section leader. I became like one of the first freshman section leaders, uh, in you know, in the history wow. probably that section or whatever. Wow. So I mean, it, it was me and like eight freshmen and uh, like two upperclassmen, and and so yeah, I kind of. You know, kind of, I was a little more under the microscope in many uh, areas, you know, in many aspects than everybody else, but. So how did that know, end I, up working out? Like, you know, being a, a freshman drum, I mean, freshman um, section leader. Well, um, you know, they kind of observed me for a little while because like I said, it was only two, there were two upperclassmen and maybe like, you know, and there were a few old heads that, you know, that kind of, you know, kind of, you know, those are kind of come to practice and kind of help out or whatever, but. I mean, I just kind of had a better, you know, I kind of had a, a, a higher musical sense. You know, I want to say this, you know, humbly, while also, you know, kind of recognizing, you know, they kind of just recognized that I was just a little further ahead, you know, as far as mm -hmm. skill, as far as skill and as far as person, you know, being personable and, you know, congeniality, you know, and maybe just leadership potential. And so, uh, you know, they was like, yeah, we're going to make you, you know, we're going to make you the session leader. We think you got what it takes. Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so what made you transfer to North Carolina Central? Because that's where you went, ended up finishing and things. Yeah, well, that was kind of more of a financial issue. You know, um, we'll come to find out that there were some issues as far as uh, the handling of funds and uh, which kind of affected, you know, uh, you know, there were some kind of uh, underlying underlying. Uh, practices that were not productive. <laughs> okay. And and so that kind of affected, you know, uh, that kind of affected some scholarships and and just, you know, some of the ethical, you know, ethical sense of, you know, what was going on. So uh, I made a decision, you know, it's better I just come home. You know, I could stay at home. Uh, you know, I still, you know, getting a scholarship, you know, I still offered a scholarship from Mr. Kaysen, you know, at Central. So that plus, you know, I, I walk about, you know, a little over half a mile to school. Yeah, yeah. kind of you know it kind of worked out. And what's okay. funny is I kind of want to go to Central in the first place, but um, you know at the time, you know I just didn't feel like you know I didn't feel like you know I was getting uh, kind of the attention <laughs> that uh, you know you know. But now later on, looking at it and talking to it and communicating another thing, you know I can kind of understand. You know, because, you know, you're freshman, you're like, oh, you know, what about scholarships? You know, what about money? What about stuff mm -hmm. like that? 
you know, but it kind of worked. It still worked out because I, you know, I ended up at Central and it was, you know, it was a good decision for me. Okay. So you get to Central and uh -huh. it's your sophomore year. And mm -hmm. so tell me how that was. Like, how was your, your band camp? Like, they knew that you went to Winston-Salem State at first and, like, were there any expectations of you? Like, what was going on there? Uh, yeah, well, a lot of them... Yeah, like they recognized me uh, from Winston, of course, uh, but quite a number of them were from Durham, you know, and uh, were already kind of people I were familiar with or, um, you know, kind of went to high school with. So, you know, they were happy, you know, they were glad to see me, you know, seeing they saw me kind of as an asset. And uh, more, actually more of the thing I was worried about was how Winston was going to see me when I, saw, right. <laughs> when I saw them, you know. Right. So what happened when um, Central Plate went to Sam State? How was that that first game? Oh, listen, you know, I was I was so you know I was really nervous. I was really nervous because because I really stood out, you know, at Winston because the tuba section, you know, we were known as fiberglass fools. You know, we kind of did our own kind of thing. You know, we kind of had our own theatrics. You know, our way of going about stuff in the game. You know, that really, you know, that we were really seen and known for. So to go from the leader of that you know, over to, you know, like a different school, kind of like the enemy or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. I was, I was cognizant of, you know, thinking like, man, I might get booed on the sideline, you know, <laughs> lining up on the, you know, on the opposing side. You get chicken but, bones thrown at you. <laughs> right. You know, I'm sitting there like, man, I need to hide my face behind my tuba bell or something. Mm -hmm. But it, the exact opposite happened, which, which was really overwhelming and kind of showed me, you know, some of the love as far as HBCU and black unity, you know, surprisingly the opposite, you know, the people that recognized me and saw me was clapping. It was like, we see, we see, you know, and someone was like, you still around, you still around, we still love you, you know, and it was mad love. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was just like, yeah, it was really overwhelming. I was just like, wow. Cause I really thought that I was gonna go a different way. Mm -hmm. but, okay, okay, but, well that's yeah, good. Yeah, it, it really was. So is it do you become drum major that next year? Yeah, I marched one year's tuba and uh that next year uh, you know I became a drum major. So uh, what was that what was that about? Did your director just tell you, hey, I think you have these qualities? Did you did yeah. you try it out? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. It was a fun yeah, yeah, it's a funny story. Yeah, around I want to say spring drills or whatever, the year before he called me into the classroom. And yeah, he sat me down and was like, hey, you know, I think you're, you know, you're really influential. You know, saying I love your, everybody loves your enthusiasm. You know, saying you're always, you know, giving 100%. I want you to think about being drum major. And I kind of almost laughed in his face because I was like, drum major, you know, because in my, my mind, I thought, I said, drum major is weak. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, because in my mind, I thought I was contributing more as an instrumentalist. You know, so especially mm -hmm. as a tuba player, mm -hmm. I'm contributing to the sound, I'm contributing to the group, you know, mm -hmm. but the drum major, you know, he's up front, okay, he might be conducting, you know, whatever like that, but I, I, I felt that that was less of a contribution than, than what I was doing, and he said, okay. And I don't know, not many people know Mr. Kaysen. Mr. Kaysen is a, a very, he's kind of a small man, you know, he's mm -hmm. like, maybe, I don't get, get I don't want to jack his dimensions up, but he was like, maybe like five, five, maybe like a buck. 20 you know but his whole demeanor changed and he went in on me like and this is the first time i ever seen mr case like so intense and he gave me a quick lesson about leadership and and, and you know and influence and he kind of ended it with you know if 
you don't think you know being in a higher position of influence uh motivating more people you know uh enhancing the program you know by you know being a leader over more people and you know instilling in them that same enthusiasm and motivation then you're the weak one and I, you know, mm -hmm. I sat there like man did he just call me a punk right <laughs> but you know he was right he was right and i was young you know you're young you know you kind of set in your mind but i was open enough to you know to take his perspective and i was like okay you know let you know, okay, because he chose me, you know, so I never, you know, I didn't try out, like, he chose me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, let's do it. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so your time as a drum major, what, what game stood out to you, or what kind of memories stood out to you when you think back as, at your time as a drum major? Wow. <laughs> of course, all the Aggie Eagles. Yes. You know, they, uh, you know, of course, those stood out because those were, you know, pretty prominent, you know, big games, you know, the, you know, the giant crowds and everything. Um, Not not too many. I mean, I won't say not too, I mean, not too many as far as being significant. You know, I just, you know, I approach every game, you know, in its own entity, you know, its own separate, uh, in its own separate place, you know, because I was more focused on, you know, just the people, you know, just making sure all the parts happened because you know a lot of times it was me you know kind of leading you know and calling the shots like mr Kaysen leaned a lot on me as far as leadership was concerned you know mm -hmm. like the i want to say it was 96 not is not yeah 96 like when i was solo by myself right you know he come in band practice like maybe tuesday with a post-it you know i always show up to band practice early like 15 30 minutes and he'd be like okay this is what i want to happen and he would hand this, this post-it to me, you know, or this, you know, card with all the you know, drill, you know, do drill, run this, blah, blah, blah. And then I might not see him for like two days. Hmm. So I'm running practices. <laughs> wow. You know, he's like, drum major, knock it out. And so, you were the only guy in charge. So you and had I to was the only one in charge. And... Right. Wow. Right. <laughs> that is a lot. How did you maintain control of like your peers? Because that seems like a lot. I mean, you know, you're a leader. You find a way, you mm -hmm. know, and like I said, a number of them were my friends. And thankfully, you know, of course, with the drum line, most of those, we went to school together. So, of course, them being one of the most difficult sessions to control, mm -hmm. <laughs> thankfully, most of those were already kind of friends of mine. And a number of my friends in other sections were more like, okay, y'all check up. You know, they kind of helped out with, you know, authority. And I leaned, I mean, it's kind of like the military structure, as I find out you know it, it's tiered down to the leaders mm -hmm. so really i wasn't trying to control everything i put the pressure on the section leader who in turn put the pressure on that section okay okay that so makes sense you, you make the structure work how the structure is supposed to work okay okay i, I got you so yeah. all right this is a good segue here let's talk about right. um military life so what what made you how'd you find out about the army band and what made you you know want to try and had you always <laughs> wanted to be in the armed forces or no. <laughs> okay I, I wasn't thinking about the army i wasn't thinking about military anything uh this recruiter stopped me in the mall <laughs> actually <laughs> uh, yeah random you know, he was like, you look like uh, you make a good soldier. And I, you know, I was like, man, I, you know, I ain't sweating no army. I'm like, uh, I'm a musician, you know, because I was gigging, you know, I was gigging at the time and, you know, doing a lot of playing. And he was like, well, we got army bands. And honestly, I had never heard of the army, you know, heard of the army band before. So I was like, what? I was like, well, tell me more about it. And so 
you know, that's kind of, that's really kind of how it started. And, you know, I kind of started looking into it and was like, wow, this, this kind of looks like a pretty decent opportunity, you know, but I've always been kind of a jump, a jump in. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Yeah, because I wanted I wanted to ask you like um because I was I figured that I would ask you today like why the army and not in, in any of the other branches, um, right? But it seems like it's just because that that recruiter just approached you. That recruiter just approached me. You know, I, it wasn't in my radar at all. Okay. So I was like, hey, it can't be too bad. Mm-hmm. If not, I can quit. <laughs> right, right. So you finished your time at, at NC at NC Central, and yeah, then you graduated just graduated in ninety eight. Okay. Okay. And you and were you a music major? I was a music major. Okay. 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 Tuba performance. Okay. And so you just went straight straight in, basically to um to basic training, and that's just how it was. Was about a year between it between me graduating and uh and and joining in. It's called like a delayed entry program, where you know you sign up, you get everything done. But they you know it's the time that you come in is a little later. But I mean during that time you know I just did a lot of gigging because I'm a bass guitar player as well. So I just, you know, did a lot of gigging and, uh, you know, around Durham and, you know, surrounding areas and, you know, just kind of prep myself, you know, getting ready for what's to come. Okay. And then I joined in 99, like by February of 99. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about your career progression as an army musician. So I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming that you just did basic training like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then after that, like, what did what happened? Right. So, uh, you know, of course, everybody kind of goes through basic training, and uh, once you go to basic training, you go to what's called AIT or Advanced Individual Training, and for us, that's uh, the Military School of Music, and that's located in uh, Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we I call it. This it kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's kind of a we call it tri-service because this army navy and marines go through uh that school you know to you know get done you know to get their you know kind of military education it's really where you learn the military way of doing your job you know you already have to have a certain amount of you know musical competency you know education but when you get there you know that's you know where they teach kind of the military side of what you'll be doing you know like uh ceremonies and you know concert band stuff and Mm -hmm. stuff like that okay okay so you tell me about some of the the tours that you've done like i know you lived overseas right (laughs) (laughs) well i lived in in five states uh since i've been in i mean because i've been in uh 21 years now wow crazy (laughs) yeah it it flies but uh, i lived in five states and uh i've been over overseas to germany i was stationed in Germany twice uh, and during my first tour there I did spend one year in Baghdad Iraq deployed uh, but aside from that wow 10 20 different countries we've visited performed in uh, Prague Romania the Netherlands uh, Czech yeah Czech Republic of course Prague um, Italy Switzerland I mean you name it mm-hmm. we can, we've performed most of those places I mean it's really a great experience yeah, and what are the states you lived in in, in the U.S.? Uh, Texas, Maryland, uh, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, Missouri, and of course here home, you know, North Carolina. In North Carolina, okay, okay, cool. Oh wow, see, it's just it's just clicking with me that like when you and I first started, you know, conversing mm-hmm. with each other, you had just right. enlisted. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, right, I didn't yeah. realize that. I, I just didn't right. put you know, Because the, the fifth quarter, man, the fifth quarter was like a lifeline to me. Like you don't you don't understand. Because my first unit was in Missouri, uh, Fort Leonard Wood. We call it Fort Lost in the Woods because it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, which most you know, most army bases kinda are. But you know, that was my first unit, my first duty station, you know. There's nothing related to HBCU band, you know. Of course, not in my job, especially. Mm-hmm. But I already made, always made a promise to myself that I was going to stay true to me. I was going to stay true to the HBCU band culture. And I was going to be a band head for life, you know, regardless. And I showed that in a lot of different ways. Some that got me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely going back to that, but go ahead. <laughs> But, you know, I'm trying to, I think I found out about it just leaving Virginia, just leaving the School of Music. I heard about, you know, the fifth quarter. And so when I got to my unit, a little while later, you know, I pulled it up on the computer and I was like, what? Like this whole HBCU band space, you know, of everything I'm used to. I've been so far away from everything I'm used to, everything I love, you know, everything that was my heart. And now here's this gateway, of, you know, back to it. That can be my connection. So I'm going to tell you a funny story because I lived about over a mile from the band hall, you know, my barracks, you know, mm-hmm. what we, you know, so state was about a mile from the band hall. But they had a taxi service on post, and the taxi service was like a dollar thirty, you know, dollar forty, something like that to take you wherever you wanted to go on post. So, you know, I would go to work, you know, I'd do my work, you know, do band stuff. You know, whatever need, you know, army stuff need to happen. You know, I'll come home because I caught a ride with someone because, you know, I didn't have a vehicle, you know, in the beginning. I caught a ride with my, you know, my barracks mate or whatever. Then later on, after I went home and ate and stuff like that, I would call a cab, catch a cab back to the band hall to get on the computer to be on the fifth quarter, like all night. So all those times when we was, you know, we'd be getting arguments, you know, all this stuff, you know, because, you know, I was really active earlier. Yeah, yeah. Early in 2000, you know. Yeah, yeah. Was, you know I know. That, you know, that's dedication. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you I know? feel honored that you would even do that. <laughs> I did because not even I was realize. Just, I was just like, man, you know, it was so important to me to stay connected, you know, and you know, so, you know, you do what you got to do. Man, that was before I, you know, I got my little compact dial-up. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so, I was a dedicated. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I got a couple more questions for you. So okay. um, one is, tell me how you got in trouble. How, tell me how you incorporated some of your HBCU bandness into your military things. Listen, I have, <laughs> I don't even think we have the time for all the stories, but um, a few a few that stand out is uh okay at the school of music you would think it wouldn't be a struggle but drill band marching band was one of my biggest struggles and that's because i struggled kind of getting that sway out (laughs) (laughs) i mean after like four or five years of you know marching band Mm -hmm. you know of of hbcu band you know so we're marching down we're marching down the street you know to a player and come to find out uh, one of the instructors, like there are two instructors, you know, that, that teach, you know, marching band in the morning. And one day, one of the instructors was like, stop the band, hop the band, hop the band. Why do I keep seeing this one tuba bell in the back sway side to side? <laughs> it was almost subconscious. 
Right. <laughs> like breathing. <laughs> right. And all the other tuba players, I mean, I'm like one of the few, you know, black dudes in that was there anyway. You know, so all the other tuba players looking down the line like, you know, it ain't me. <laughs> so, so, so that day, after that day, my name became, he called me either Mr. Gramlin or, uh, or it's like Mr. Gramlin or Dr. Famu. Oh Lord! Because uh, I think one of them, because right, I think one of them, it went to HBCU. You know, mm, that's funny. So, so yeah, so, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Graham stopped swaying that tuba. You know, oh man, <laughs> that is great. That's great. Well, it's I know you have. You, I know you got lots of stories about it, but you know, I just want to, you know, keep it short and sweet. But right, I just right. ask uh, you, like another one, I got written yeah. up. Yeah, in Germany. You know, a lot of times when we have ceremonies, you know, a lot of ceremonies every in the morning, you know, it's called change command where say one commander was uh, swapping responsibilities with another one, you know, it would be a big ceremony mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Well, in Germany, we usually get up early for those. I mean, they were in the morning, but we had to get up kind of extra early just in case, you know, we ran into traffic or, you know what I'm saying, contrary to popular belief, sometimes the Autobahn does get traffic. <laughs> get backed up, you know. So we'll get up early. So you know, I would show up early, and every once in a while, if we have time, I would just start playing tuba punches. You know, I would just start playing, you know, old songs from, you know, from when I marched. You mm -hmm. know, that was kind of, like I said, that was kind of my reaching back, staying connected. You know, remember who I was. Well, I mean, it's like six thirty in the morning. I'm outside cranking like transformers, or you know, <laughs> so tuba players. So. We get back from the ceremony, you know, go to lunch, you know, come back in the afternoon. About two o'clock, my commander's like, Sergeant Edgerton, let me talk to you for a minute. Calls me in the office. You know, I don't know. He said, uh, can you explain to me why I just got off the phone with Colonel, you know, so-and-so, you know, some name. He's asking me why he heard a tuba 6.30 this morning, <laughs> waking him up, and he's on the other side of the base. And I'm like, yeah, at first I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I got to hold on. You know, I got I to gotta draw it back in because apparently I'm in trouble. Oh, my gosh. But inside, I'm like, yeah, dog. <laughs> I can't with you. I cannot. You know? So he kind of gave me a nice talk, you know, kind of talking to, I mean, but he understood, you know, who I was. You know, I wasn't like, you know, a dirtbag or anything. You know, I, I was one of his best soldiers. He just knew I was always you know, enthusiastic, especially when I had a sousaphone on. You know, it was like I transformed into a different person. So it was kind of a, you know, a nice reprimand. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> he, he got chewed out, but he understood. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. So I want to, I'm going to ask you one last question. I want okay. to say, I want to ask you is, do you have any like advice for anybody who might be listening to this, who you know, maybe it's thinking about joining a military band and like how, how the HBCU experience would help. Really everything I learned in my HBCU experience really taught me uh, how to deal, how to deal in the military. And throughout my years, it just became more and more and more apparent, uh, especially as far as leadership, you know, being in charge of soldiers, you know, uh, even though we're in you know, deployment, just so many areas in our military life, you know, I learned, you know, from being in the HBCU band, especially, you know, pride, uh, pride in your squad, pride in your group, you know, and that's, I noticed a lot of those things were lacking in a lot of other band 
uh, bands people that came from a different culture than me mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of them were you know a little more surprised at the pride that i still kept and maintained for mine you know once theirs was over theirs was over you know and a lot of them were really shocked uh at my stories and and kind of slightly envious really when i talk to a lot when i tell a lot of my stories about you know hbcu band culture and how we were you know the respected ones on campus like nobody you know called us like nerds and stuff like that like we were you know, we were respected. We were well respected. We had a pride that we didn't let nobody, you know, mess with, which was totally foreign to a lot of them. But to answer your question, I would say, you know, look into it, understand. One of the biggest things I would say is understand that it is the military. And a lot of people that I notice that have issues or, you know, that, that end up having kind of some of the problems is that's one of the kind of things they forget. And while there's a music side, and that music side is, is you know, great at times, but there's also an army side that is still apparent and that's still a part of your job, mm -hmm. you know? And, and if you learn to balance that, and I think that's why I've had such a, you know, a great career uh, to me that was kind of highly um, void of a lot of the stress that a lot of other people's experiences because I looked at the reality of that and I took that how it came. And when the music time came, you know, I took advantage of the music time. When the army time came, you know, you deal with it and you just know that you got to know the structure, which is with anything. You got to know the structure of what you're getting into. So, but I would say go for it. Okay. I don't regret it. It's one of the best decisions I've made. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up, but I okay. am so glad. I know we could have talked an hour longer. I um, know. <laughs> I'm so glad that um, you agreed to do this because I think your perspective is great. And um, so I will talk with you later. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.